Welcome to the Kinkle Fritz and Friends podcast. If you want to hear the show, you can find it on Family Life Radio. If you want to find a station near you, you can go to myflr.org or stream it online. We have Daniel Meritz with us. He's a popular YouTuber, a Bible teacher, who also has an online ministry called DLM Christian Lifestyle, reaches hundreds of thousands across the globe with God's truth and love. He was born in Namibia, raised in South Africa, and he's written a devotional for men. It's called Bold Pursuit, a 90-day devotional for men seeking the heart of God. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for joining the show. Appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you've written a devotional for men. It's a 90-day right. devotional for men uh, seeking the heart of God. Bold Pursuit is the name of it. And uh, right. so I'd love to know, first of all, tell us about what inspired you to, to write this. Oof. Well, first of all, God. <laughs> there you go. Good God answer. and just what he what, Right? <laughs> Just God and what he did in my life and, and also realizing that there are a lot of men out there that are kind of lost, you know, mm. and they don't know Christ, even though some think that they are true Christians, they, they're not, you know, and, you know, after you become a Christian, there's so much more to Christ. And and a lot of people don't realize it. It's, it's as if people get stuck in their, in their Christian journey and they don't understand the fullness there is, that you can have peace that you can have purpose and all those beautiful things right now, even while living this temp in, in this temporary world. And so Bold Pursuit is there to help men to, to find Christ and make sure that they are a true reborn Christian, and then to grow with Him and to learn how to abide in Him and how to fully surrender to Him. Amen. I'm glad that you explained that, fully surrender. I think mm -hmm. that uh, that's difficult for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And maybe they don't understand what yeah. that means, uh, or they do. We fully, totally get, like, I totally get what full, full surrender means, and I struggle with that all the time. Yeah. You know, I didn't understand it when I was younger. Uh, I mean, I grew up with a father who was a preacher, who lived the way he preached, and and I wasn't a true Christian. I said I was, but I wasn't. I only became a Christian only later in my early 20s. And then... When I became a Christian, I, I understood what it means to be justified, to be called a son of God, and and to start this journey of sanctification. But only later I truly learned what it means to truly surrender, and and that was part of something that happened with my with my dad. And I think that there's a lot of people out there who who miss this, and they struggle in life. They worry about this, they worry about that. They're like this boat on the, the wide open ocean, and. They're just driven and tossed by the wind, and they're not rooted in Christ. They they don't abide in Him. But when you come to the point where you fully surrender, where you say, "Here I am, God. Here I am. Take everything. Take the world. Take take my career. I put you first in everything." I think that is is where God wants us, and only then He can use you powerfully. You know, I guess that leads us right to this point. That this tell us the story of the turning point in your life that really led you to where you're just now describing, where you mm. realized you couldn't walk the fence any longer in your relationship with God. It's uh, it's challenging, you know, how to <laughs> talk about your whole life in, <laughs> in uh, yeah. just a few minutes. But, you know, I, I grew up in Namibia. Um, I moved to South Africa when, when I was young. Grew up the rest of my time there. And um, like I said, my dad was a preacher. 
And I was like the prodigal son. So, <laughs> you, you know, I'm a preacher's kid is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know what they say about, about preacher's children. And it, it was kind of true for me, you know. But, um, <laughs> oh, man, when I just look back at that time, you know, I experienced something that a lot of people don't do not experience. And here in South Africa, my, my father helped people who were demon possessed. And I experienced that. I heard the voices. It was right next to, to my room. And so I knew God existed. I, wow. I could see the truth. And and I just did not want to submit. I wanted to live for the world. You know, after I finished school, I wanted to be gone out of South Africa. So I went to England and and I started to drink a lot and I lived for the world. And, and this voice would come and say, Daniel, you're on the wrong road. Come back. And I would just push it down. And it was only when I when I lost my second brother. So the first brother died when I was 13. He was shot in Johannesburg, South Africa. And I mean, oh, you guys wow. probably know the crime in, in South Africa. And that was something to overcome because the, the person who did it just walked free. But that's an, a whole other story. And that's probably part of the reason why I kind of walked away and became the prodigal son. But then when I was in England and just living for the world, you know, um, this... <laughs> this temporary world that doesn't really give us anything. My my dad phoned and uh, yeah, my, my brother was in a car crash and you know, it's like everything stood still. And I flew back and I mean, you guys need to understand that we were almost like twins. We were only one year and six months apart and we did everything together. I mean, I mean, everything we, we, <laughs> we had the same clothes on and, and everything, but I mean, man, he he worshiped God, but I did not. And so I came back and and he was brain dead. So I sat next to his lifeless body, just there and in the hospital. And um I remember, man, that reality just struck me. And this is this is the second brother. So I started to to talk to God. I was a little bit angry and and it, there was a moment where I just stopped talking and I felt God started to speak to me with a still voice. And it's as if I I wasn't arrogant. I wasn't angry. I could see my life from outside, like like objectively. And I realized how I was wasting my life and that I could have died. And if I died, where would I have gone? And I could hear God say this to me. Where would you have been if you died instead of your brother? And man, he just struck me and I, and I, and I prayed. And I, I remember I looked at my brother's body and he worked out quite a lot. I mean, he, he had a good body. And I remember thinking it means absolutely nothing now. You know, we, we pursue the wrong things in life. And at the end, it, it means absolutely nothing. And we have to pursue God, if we want to have eternal life, but also a life full of purpose and, and meaning. And I started to pray and I said, God, all right, I will live for you. I, I don't want dead man made religion. I want you. I want a strong relationship with you where I could talk to you and you with me like David. And you know, over the next few years, it was like all those things I, I learned when I was younger in church with my dad, all those seeds that, that he planted started to just sprout. And I could remember, you know, and, and I wanted to be like David, where God would say, he's a man after my own heart. And so I realized I need to turn to God. And, and if I do it, I can't do it 99%. Because if I'm a lukewarm Christian, he'll spit me out of his mouth according to Revelation 3, right? So so I said, here, I'm God. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm coming back to you. I know you say that that you're waiting at the door, but I'm now knocking at your door. So please, but 
but but please also show me what you want me to do with my life and so that's the journey and um, that's how everything started and it's also the time that i met my wife and uh, she decided to do the same thing you saying you talk about pursuing things in your life that in the end don't matter at all mm. i'm really yeah. convicted how much time do we spend on things that uh, when you're dying means nothing too much mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at my own life way too much. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, yeah. like you, I um, sat by my sister's bedside. She's just 13 months younger than me. We shared a bedroom, shared the same clothes. So much in your story I relate to. And as I watched her pass from this life into the next, um, yeah. It, it, it's life changing mm -hmm. and and mm. really does cause you to say well lord why her and not me you know why why am i not right. the one you know um yeah so thank you for sharing that story and especially as a, a change point in your life just a major reset in priorities mm. uh for you and for me um yeah i know i'll see her again but it's you know, right. I don't know when, but uh, I'm I'm ready now. <laughs> it, 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 it changes yeah. you. Mm -hmm. it, it does. New and, and God's ways, you know, he's, I mean, he's perfect. <laughs> we, we are not, you know, and you have to ask yourself, if that did not happen, how different would your life be? I probably would not have started to preach. I would still probably be lost. And that was the one thing that was needed for me to come to Christ. My brother, he was ready. And and it, it was a gift to have an amazing brother for that time, you know, and, and, and to look at it from a different perspective and say, God, thank you. Thank you for my first brother. Thank you for the, the second one. And I'll see them again <laughs> one day. And, and we have to, according to what the Bible says, we have to think about the things that are above the eternal things and not be so focused on just this short temporary world because we are but a vapor. The one day we're here, the next we are gone. And we have to use what we learned from those tough times, those difficult times with my brother. I mean, how can I not share what happened? Because there are a lot of other people who are going through exact same things or worse, a lot worse. And how can we just keep the gospel to ourselves? You know, obviously your devotional is specifically for men, but there are principles that, of course, men and women can take from it. So speak to the ladies <laughs> for a second. Uh, how can how can uh, we as women benefit from bold pursuits? <laughs> well, let me say this. My wife, Nikita, she read a bit about it and she said, hey, this this is actually for women as well. <laughs> so so I think women can read it, too. But. You know, the men in your life, uh, I'm, especially in the day and age that we live in today, they need guidance. We, we live in a world where I think the world needs a father. God is that father, but we, we live in a, a fatherless society. A lot of people grow up without a dad. And, and there's a lot of things they need to learn that, that they've never had the opportunity to learn. And so I think for the men in your life, this is a book that you can definitely give to them as a gift so that it can help them. I love that. You you mentioned, you brought up when you met your wife. Would love to hear the story behind that about how you guys met. <laughs> oh, my. <Ooh>. So, <laughs> what is the oh, my? Can't wait to hear now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, 
part of my life um, where I lived for the world was was just to go and and use the money that that I made to just drink and and chase after women, right? And that's that's something that God worked in me as well and say, hey, you need to stop. Mm. And when I became a Christian, I knew that this this is not the life that I should lead in. And it was also something that I had to pray to him and, and ask him and say, all right, I'm not going to choose a wife for myself. Please bring me the wife you want me to marry. And it was in that time, just, just after, after I lost my brother and my sister, <laughs> she asked me, did you go out with her? And um, I never did and I didn't want to, and, but I said, oh, I, f- I feel like I have to. And so I went and Nikita's sister did the same thing. She didn't want to, and and so, but she went, and so you guys I were remember, set up <laughs> against your uh, will. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say very unwillingly. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, set up by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. our sisters. Yeah. <laughs> a holy setup. I like that. <laughs> yeah, That's cool. I just remember, you know, when I saw her, when I walked in, I'm like, man, there's something different about her, and so I, I remember I, I just went over, and when she turned. There was just something else and so man i just i just remember I, I i kept her number and then we communicated for a few months after that and and um we started to see each other a little bit but you know this was a different time for me where, where i needed to put god first above everything because you know that's the most important thing otherwise the rest of my life will will just oh man anyway so i went to her one morning and said, "Hey, can I talk to you?" And she said, "Well, I, I don't have any makeup on. I'm I'm not ready. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just saying, hey, don't worry, <laughs> don't worry about it. Let me just come up." And she said, ah, "Okay." And then I said, "I'm actually here at your door." <laughs> and she's like, what? <laughs> Surprise! So, so she opened the door, and I went in and said, "Hey, look, I, I really like you. I prayed about it, and, and I feel that that this is something that can work. But I need to be honest with you and say, I I need to live my life." for Christ 100% and you need to do that with me. If you don't, if you're not 100% in, then we need to leave this now. Wow. And yeah, yeah. And um, we had a an honest conversation and, and at the end, you know, there was a lot of tears and she said, I'm in, let's do this. Wow. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's been 13 years. That's like, cool. I like the ultimatum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool that's something well, to work and and to know what you're working toward mm-hmm. together yeah like to yeah. be in it from the start i like that i like that a lot mm-hmm. uh think about the ways you know that that she supports you and you know you mentioned gifting the book to um husbands husbands to be boyfriends but what what are some other ways that uh, we as women can be supporting our husbands? Well, you know, we can talk about a lot of things you know and we we need to turn back to the bible to see what the bible says but I would say the most important thing is to put God first, not your husband, put God first, put him first in everything. Yeah. And then when your husband, you know, when he does something that goes a little bit off the road, then you can remind him it's your responsibility. You know, we have this joke where we sometimes say that the wife is is the neck, right? So she turns the husband. Where she wants once. My, my big fat uh, Greek wedding. Look, right? Yeah, it's my big fat yeah. Greek wedding. The husband is yeah. the head, but the woman well, is the neck yeah. that turns the head. Yeah. Yes. Right. But but in in a different sense, it's actually true because you know, 
but they need to turn his head on the right direction to keep focusing on Christ. And she has the authority to tell him, hey, I love you, but this, what you're doing here, you know, this is not right. Whatever you do, you have to do in faith now through the Spirit. And we have to stick to the Word because you're not just a husband and wife in that relationship. God is in that relationship and He has to be if it's going to be a successful one. You know how they say people will hear what they want to? I just heard, um, I have the authority to do this. I'm going to overuse that on my husband, just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's what he meant. I have the authority. (laughs) Jason? Watch out. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, my. Daniel's like, wait, I just... Daniel's like, wait a minute. Where did this go? Yeah, exactly. Where's the the reverse button? He's hey, like, yeah. who are these oh, people? Yeah, what, what have I gotten myself into? So you, you, you uh, dedicated, there's a beautiful dedication in the book to your father, and you alluded to him earlier. Uh, talk about the influence that he's had on your life and uh, explain what, how it's made you into the man that you are today. There's just one thing that I can never be thankful enough to God to give me an earthly father that, to me, he was Jesus. He showed me who Jesus is, not just because of what he said. Ooh, I've got to breathe a little. I'm getting emotional here, so hold on a second. Um, the way he lived, man, it, it changed everything because he kept to sound biblical teachings, but he, lo- he loved Christ, and he knew what it meant to fully surrender where he put God first in everything. And I, and I saw that in everything he did, not just, you know, spiritual things, going to church and all those kind of things and, and reading the Bible, but everything, the way he talked to my mom, the way he talked to us, everything, even just the way he ate, um, small things he said, the way he, he talked to people he didn't know, everything. And now that I'm older, I think back and just think, man, I should have treated him so differently, but but everything he taught me, I see in scripture. And I could see that that was his focus. It's not because he was just, oh, he's a great man. It's because he just did what the Bible said, to be doers of the word and not just hearers. And and he showed me how to truly walk with God, where where it's not just you talk to God, you know, some Christians do that. They, they just live life and, and they talk to God, but they're actually just talking to themselves. Oh, God, thank you for this. Help me for this. Help do, 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 do. And they go through a, a kind of routine, but they don't really connect to God. And, and that's something my dad showed me where every time he had to make a big decision, he took it to God first, breakthrough prayer, and he waited on God until he got an answer. He died just when I started my ministry. He died from multiple myeloma, and that was the moment where I learned how to fully surrender. And I realized that that was what was needed for me to take that step, because he was the most important thing to me at that time in my life. He was the pillar, and and God wanted to take the pillar away and say, all right, now you need to just trust me. Nothing else, no one else, trust me, put me first. And only then, when I started to do that, I started to remember all the things my dad said, and a lot of things started to make sense for the first time. You know, I think it's encouraging to me that just simply being a godly parent 
even for a wayward child, they can still see. It's not like they're blind to what's going on around them or don't hear how their parents are speaking. You're still absorbing all of that even while you weren't living for Jesus, and it still came back to you. You know, it's still who who your father is meant something to you. Right, right. And even when I was was away, you know, that voice would come, you know, hey, don't do this, don't do but But I I just pushed it away. But (laughs) I think it's a good example for a lot of fathers out there who are worried about their children. Yeah. Keep on praying. Keep on showing them what it means to be Jesus. Yeah, I love that. Don't back down. You know, you're talking about prayer and how a lot of it is a one-way conversation of super self-centered in a way. And we were actually just talking about we on, on the show we uh, about oh. is there dead air in your prayer? Because isn't <laughs> prayer a conversation? And so shouldn't you leave a little space in there to hear from him? But I think, unfortunately, this thing that I've got in my hand has turned us into whatever you want. You could have it filled up right here. Every minute of the day could be entertained, and I'm, I'm, I'm convicted myself. It's like I'm spending so much time on this. Do we actually have space to hear from him? That is, that is so true. And, and, you know, I think we get so busy with the normal things of this world and that even we as Christians sometimes start to live through the flesh, just our own emotions, our own intellect, and our own will. And we don't surrender that to Christ so that he leads us, our soul, and, and then we act. And if we abide in Christ, truly abide in Him, then He will lead us even in our prayer. Then we will go into our room, we'll close that door, and and we'll say like David, Father, here I am. What do you want me to pray about? Search me and take out everything that is not right. And then you start to pray, and it's amazing because the Holy Spirit is in us, and we forget that. The, The God of the universe lives in us. And sometimes I think a lot of people just forget it. They forget what it means to be a true reborn Christian and what it means to live in the spirit where we are not alone. And we're supposed to be a relationship where you take it seriously. Do we have respect for God? Do we love him with everything that is in us, our whole heart and soul? Or do we just go through the day and just pray and and send it and say, here, God, here's my prayer. Thank you. I'm going to go on. I'm going to go now in traffic. I'm going to drive. I'm not going to do this. How can we do that? Mm, That's good. Picking up on uh, Misty's comment just a little bit ago, as women listening to this, we're we're all yes and amen. Um, Using a little (laughs) analogy, if you'll forgive me for it, in our backyard is a little family of quail. And I have watched the daddy quail stand on the fence and look down on the mommy quails running around all over scooting her little her little babies all around there's a lot of them (laughs) and she's keeping it all in control while he's sitting up there and i i see her looking over her shoulder and i i imagine my head this is all in my head (laughs) she's looking back going hey you over there (laughs) you will help down here you know we as women okay i'll just say sally as a wife can be guilty of turning around and focusing on what I think needs correction. It's kind of in us Mm. as we lead and guide our kids. I'm not using that as an excuse. I'm leaving myself wide open as a platform to say, what is the way to encourage our husbands when, you know, Mike threw himself down with, with the phone and, you know, 
we want to be practical and say, put that phone down. But I don't think that's what you're telling us to do. <laughs> so, Sally, here's how you can encourage your husband and um, be a friend to him and an encourager, not a corrector. Mm. That That's important. Well, I'm not perfect either, right? So I don't know all the answers, okay. but what, what I've learned from, from from Scripture and just what Nikita and I do and, and what God told us is to, you know, Nikita, um, and, and she won't mind me saying this, but, you know, sometimes, you know, people can be, you, you feel a little bit something and then you, and you speak very fast, right? Um, and even though you might be right, you know, you might tell your husband, hey, you should do this or this or this. But the way you say it, you know, is very, very important because, you know, sometimes we as men, we and, and women feel that way. We're hard and, and, and we're more tough. And, but actually, we've got, we got soft hearts, you know, <laughs> and then, and then we, we kind of, every action has a reaction, right? And so with, with that way of saying it in, in the wrong way, it's going to get that kind of reaction as well. If the husband is not acting in, in the spirit. So I would say, it's not just what you say, but how you say it, and then to make time. So I'm asking Nikita back when we started, I asked her, if you need to talk to me about something seriously, just come to me calmly and say, hey, I need to talk about something. Do you have time? And then, you know, I would just be whoa, so humble <laughs> just because the way she talks to me and open, I would just love her. And then we start that conversation, you know, and to have that conversation, you need to do that in the spirit, not in the flesh, because I mean, it can get heated, <laughs> mm -hmm. but you have, you have the right to say things to your husband that is biblically correct. And you have to, in a sense, but you have to do it in a way where the Holy Spirit leads you, where you lead your husband to truth. And when you do that, it has to be in the spirit with a lot of love. And that's why agape love is so important in marriage. Because in that moment, when you feel, oh, my husband or my wife, now that they're, they're getting a bit angry, you don't see them in the flesh, according to your own eyes. You look at them the way God looks at them. You understand that they are not perfect. They have a sinful flesh and you love them, even though you don't feel like loving them at this moment <laughs> through your flesh. You, you choose. <laughs> you choose to love them through the spirit that is in you unconditional love sacrificial love and if you if you put on that switch you decide to do that it's as if that person can say anything now they can get angry they can throw rocks they can do everything but you stay calm because you're in the spirit and at some point they will also start to calm down and understand wow there's just something different now about my husband or my wife you know one thing that i've told uh, my wife becky and that is if you really have something to say, not that she, and it's kind of a weird state of, state of, you know, preface that, but like, you won't really, really listen. I have a hard time. I've got ADD off the chart. But if she like literally, <laughs> it's almost like if you grab my head and just said, I've got something I need to say to you. I am all yeah. yours. But I have got yes. so much <laughs> stuff going on. I almost need that. And it doesn't bother me. I think you need to have a that arrangement or some sort of an agreement in your relationship that... Um, if you've got something to speak into our lives, we're off track or something's uh, not not right. Uh, I'm I want to hear it. I really do. Yep. But but I think what what you're saying, Daniel, is true. It's all about how it's said yep. that really cuts through. Mm -hmm. You know. So in yeah. other words, our our moms were right. It's all about tone of voice, Sally. <laughs> 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 okay, mom, you were right. 
That's there you it. go. That's funny. Tone of <laughs> We also have to remember that we are different. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. every every man is is unique. Every woman is unique, right? But but there's there's differences between men and women, and I think women is amazing. My wife, she can think about a lot of things at the same time. That's just, I I mean, yeah. wow. <laughs> I cannot do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't and know so how my I'm, wife can listen to a conversation over here and then yeah. hear this over here at the same time. That's a superpower. Right? How do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so, but for us as men or most men, we know we're focused on one thing. And so that is why sometimes you need to come to us and say, hey, can I talk to you? And, and you take us kind of out of that one thing and put our focus on you. And that's why sometimes you think, Oh, my husband doesn't listen to me. Well, at that moment, he isn't maybe so focused on you. And you just start talking and, and he's totally thinking about something else. So you need to take him and say, hey, Daniel, look at me. <laughs> I need to tell you something. And then when you see you have his attention and then you you move forward. You know, I had a co-host that was a man, by the way, that I had to, I had to treat like I was his wife. Here's what I'm talking about. This guy was so super focused. I learned that I had to say, Brad, and I would wait about almost 10 seconds, and he would pull his head up and go, what? <laughs> and then I had his, his attention. It was, it was that bad. It worked. I mean, a lot of guys are really, you know, one-track mind. Well, I'm vision. just saying, Misty and I can relate to this very well. <laughs> Kankle Fritz. We can be having a full-fledged conversation where he's just like maybe glancing in his email and then it'll come up three minutes down the road, and he's like, "What are you guys talking about? <laughs> we just had the whole conversation. Where were you?" Guilty. <laughs> Misty, we're in this together. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, you know, Daniel, as as you've shared your story, um, a lot has happened in your life. Obviously, there's a lot there that if you chose you could be anxious about. And I think that's the case for, you know, most of us. Like, do you look at your personal situations and your circumstances? There's a lot to be anxious about. And if you don't have it in your personal life, turn on the TV and voila, in a few seconds, there's something you can be anxious about because this world is absolutely crazy. And anxiety is an everyday word now. How have you been able to combat that anxiety that that so many of us are dealing with and living with? Hmm. It's a good question. It's one of the things that I, I saw my dad did as well. The word teaches it, but but he did it. And, and that was powerful for me because he always had peace, even in, in tough times. And what I realized is if I have anxiety, if I stress about something, that means I'm not trusting God. So that realization makes me think, man, if the Bible says I have to trust God, if the Bible says I don't, I should not be anxious about anything about tomorrow, what I eat, drink, you know, Matthew 6, then what am I doing? That means I'm now living in the flesh. I'm not living in the spirit. I'm not trusting God. And so I pray immediately and I say, God, forgive me that I'm not trusting you. And then I ask him to help me to put him first and not get distracted by the things or the giants sometimes in our lives, but to put him first and to focus on him. I mean, he's the God of the universe. He can use anything and everything to just change the situation. But sometimes he puts us through things because he want to teach us things like endurance to grow spiritually. And you know, when you, you go through trials and tribulations, the, the things that are actually important becomes clear. And, and then you start to focus on God and, and you start to move forward in the spirit again. And then you realize, man, those, those ups and downs, the downs 
it's not really downs. It's just a path with God where he's testing you and you need to learn something because Romans 8 verse 28 says that, that God will use all things together for good. It doesn't mean that every little thing is going to be great. You're going to have a perfect life here on earth. The Bible doesn't promise that. It says all things together. That means the ups and the, the downs together for good for you if you put him first and his righteousness. And so that's something that we have to decide. I'm, I'm going to trust it. And I'm going to move forward with this. And you look back and you say, he's never left me. He's always been there. He is faithful and I can trust him. I think that's such great advice. God has been dealing with me a lot lately on anxiety. We were talking about it recently. This news of like the orcas that they think the that are um, oh, charging, tip, yeah, tipping, tipping, the, tipping boats. the boats. Yeah. And I immediately was like, oh my goodness, what? I need to worry about this. And God was like, spending time on yachts and off the coast of Spain, are you? Like, what are you doing? You're just constantly looking for ways to invest in anxiety instead of investing in your faith in me and instead of investing in our relationship. So um, that's great advice because that's something that I, I combat all the time. Uh, another thing that you've been talking quite a bit about is surrendering to the Lord, which, you know, and, and we mentioned this at the, the beginning where those, if you grew up in the church, those are words you hear and you may not mm. know how to practically do it. <laughs> really? Like, like what are, what are practical first steps that we can take towards that full surrender in our relationship with God? That's such an important question. And, oh man, I, I did not know what that meant, even though I was a Christian. Right when when my second brother died and I started to walk with Christ, that only started to make sense to me when when I let go of the one thing I was holding back. And so we sometimes hold things back, right? It might be a family member, it might be some kind of sin in your life that you don't want to let go of, and you need to come to that point where you say, like David did, <laughs> search my heart and take out everything that is not right. You need to do that and you will see that the Holy Spirit will start to talk to you. There will be something that's coming up and then you say, God, all right. It might be difficult for a lot of people because there are things that are very important to them, but they need to give it up. God needs to be first. And it, it was the same thing God asked Abraham to do with Isaac. And for me, it was my dad. I, I'll explain this very short, but there was a time where I went with him to the hospital and we found out that he's got multiple myeloma cancer. The doctor said he's only got a few weeks, maybe months to live. And I was a shock. I thought he would be 80, 90 years old because, I mean, he can teach people so much <laughs> from the word, even me. And, and I was thinking about going to China. I'm not going to, uh, let me make it very short, but if I go to China, then I would lose my dad. It, it was part of, uh, it was a reason, uh, part of the reason was because we were in financial trouble, me and my wife, I didn't even tell her. And so there's this three times that God told me, you need to go to China. And I did not want to <laughs> because I didn't want to lose my dad. That was the one thing in life I, I, I never wanted to let go of is my dad. And I told my dad and my my dad said donnie he called me donnie <laughs> you gotta let go you if if god wants you to go to china you have to go and i and i wondered how can how can you say that so easily i'm his i'm his child you know and he just showed me that he put god first above his children i mean he loved me a lot 
but he, he was used to putting God first and obeying him no matter what, because the outcome is always good. And then I remember God told me three times, right? The, the third time he gave me the message in scripture that says, when he called the disciples to follow him, one of the disciples said, well, let me go and bury my father first. And he said, well, let the, bur let the dead bury the dead, but you follow me. And I've read that before, but it meant so much more at that time. And I truly understood what that disciple felt. And I cried and I said, all right, all right, God, I'll put you first. I'll go to China, even if you have to take my dad. And I went and it was in China where God called me to become a preacher. And he spared my dad for four more years. He didn't take him. <laughs> So it was, a, it was such a blessing. So we have to come to that point in our lives where we fully surrender and put God first and truly believe scripture that says that he will use all things together for good. You know, you were talking about trusting God and that's a, the antidote to anxiety. And I had hmm. this thought the other day, <clears throat> how can I trust somebody that I never spend any time with? Right. You don't know them well enough to trust them. And it hit me, right. and I think it was God convicting me at the time. Is like, am I really spending the time that I need with him? Because trust is something that's earned or understood over time. And so maybe that helps with anxiety. The more time you spend with him, the more you learn his character and that he's got your back. And you'll be all fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> but I, I, there's something that's... I don't know. It just hit me. How, how do I learn to trust people around me? It's by spending time with them. So maybe that goes yeah. back to your devotional, you know, being in the word every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is true. You got to spend time with him. And, you know, I, I did a, a post the other day, a poll on uh, my one of my channels, Dealing Christian Lifestyle. And I, and I asked people, have you read the entire Bible? And most of them are Christians, right? And there's this, there's around over 800,000 subscribers there. And a lot of them said, no, most of them. And, and for me, it was, it was kind of a shock, you know, if we say we're Christians, if we say that we live according to God's word, but we don't know the word, how can we do that? I mean, Hebrews 4 verse 18 says that the, the word of God is living and active, you know, sharper than a two-edged sword, cutting to the division of soul and spirit. And there's the key telling us what is the difference to live through the spirit and not the flesh and the more we grow in the spirit the more we grow in christ and we can grow in our faith because jesus also said you have little faith right and paul even said i couldn't talk to you as mature christians because you are still babies in christ but we have to come to that point where we understand scripture where we go back to the word the word that he has already revealed to us to logos and then he also starts to speak to us through the rhema through the holy spirit as well bold pursuit a 90-day devotional for men seeking the heart of god do you happen to have your devotional with you yeah i do i would <laughs> i would love if i could if you, could you just take us through one of them all I can say is I, I don't think anybody would be offended listening to your voice right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I can do that. Um, how about I, I start with day one? Because this is, this is where you will start. All right. So day one, 
no matter the cost. And it's based on 1 Timothy 6, verse 12. Life is short, and each of us must decide how we will spend our time. The Apostle Paul said, So then, be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Ephesians 5, verse 15. The devil is relentless in his efforts to undermine God's work and advanced evil. God's will is for us to take a stand, to push back against the darkness. Paul said, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 13. That bravery and strength can take many different forms. It is crucial that we fight through the spirit, not the flesh. Fighting through the flesh gives power to the enemy. Even when we fight in the name of God, if we fight through the flesh, we will do more harm than good. Only the spirit can help us fight the right battles effectively. Most of the apostles and early Christian leaders were put to death because of their faith. Paul was beheaded. Peter was crucified. John escaped being killed but was held as a prisoner on the island of Patmos. We may never face martyrdom, torture, or imprisonment, or our faith as the early Christians did, but our commitment to Christ should be no less radical than theirs. Jesus made it clear that there is no place in God's kingdom for lukewarm Christians. We cannot live for God and for the sinful world. Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Matthew 16 verse 24. If we truly follow Jesus Christ, we need to destroy our own selfish, sinful desires. We need to give our whole heart, whole, our whole soul, and our whole mind to Jesus. That's easier said than done in this immoral, materialistic world we live in, because our sin sinful nature wants to live in sin. That's why Jesus encouraged that's why Jesus encouraged his followers to think in terms of investment. For what good will it do a person if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? Or what will a person give in exchange for his soul? Matthew 16 verse 26. Success, popularity, comfort, and safety in this world may seem like valuable things to strive for. But they're all fleeting and ultimately worthless when our lives are over. Their value pales in comparison to the value of where our souls will be for all eternity. This takes us back to where we started. This world is temporary, a drop in the ocean compared to the eternal life God has in store for us. If we invest ourselves in standing up for God's truth, no matter the cost, we will enjoy the rewards forever. 
And then we come to the end and I ask the readers to dig deep and I ask them three very important questions. So it's time to reflect and to examine ourselves. All right. This is a call to action. As a reborn believer, you must engage in a fight against the devil and his forces. There's too much at stake to sit on the sidelines. Ask yourself the following questions and answer them truthfully. One, what would a battle against evil influences look like in your life? Are you fully committed to God? Two, what is the difference between fighting in the flesh and fighting in the spirit? And the last one, three, how does God equip you for battle? And that's it. The, the end of day one. Wow. That's good. I want to read the rest of it. Right. Powerful. <laughs> I love how it's just chock full of scripture. That is just. Right. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I love that. Um, you know, the the statement that you that you made in there that our lives shouldn't be any less radical than the disciples. Well, it's a little yeah. on the conviction side. It there. is. <laughs> yeah. It's like a gut punch that you need, though. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. I agree with that. That's good. I don't know if I ever thought of it like that. I I haven't. Yeah. I can say for certain yeah. that I haven't. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's great. Right. Wow. Yeah. It's easy to put them up on a pedestal and say, well, that was for them. Um, but I think what we're doing is enjoying a soft life and we're missing the true joy. Absolutely, Sally. I right. think that we look at people in the Bible, Bible as super something, super spiritual, super something. And maybe yeah. they were, but they, they gave themselves to God to be that way. But they were just human beings just like us. And so yeah. it does, that means we're capable of the same things they were. You know? mm-hmm. Right. And they made many mistakes as well. Peter, yep. even, mm-hmm. even when Jesus was crucified. And, and the problem mm-hmm. was he tried to do things through the flesh. Mm-hmm. And only later he learned he needed to put his flesh, he needs to deny himself, he needs to deny his own fleshly nature, and he needs to put God first, he needs to pick up his cross and follow Jesus. And that's the world we live in today, isn't it? It's a lot of self, even if you go on social media, self-help, self-respect, self-this, self-that, but Jesus calls us to deny ourselves. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good question. What are you doing in the flesh and what are you doing in the spirit? Uh, are you lopping off ears like Peter did? <laughs> All in the flesh. May it never <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Daniel, thank you so much for spending time with us. This has been rich. Really good. No, thank you guys for having me here. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's always great just to talk about our father. Bold Pursuit, a 90-day devotional for men seeking the heart of God. If one if people want to search you out and find you, how can they do that? We're always on line. That's the online ministry. DLM Christian Lifestyle, DLM Men's Lifestyle. We've got two YouTube channels there, but they they can easily find us if they just search that. We have weekly videos going out where I give sermons on different topics. But yeah, reach out to us on email as well. You can just find that on our website, dlmchristianlifestyle.com. dlmchristianlifestyle.com. Awesome. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, guys, and God bless. Thanks for listening to the Kinkle Fritz and Friends podcast, heard on Family Life Radio. We would appreciate it so much if you could rate, review, and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. You can also find more exclusive content at myflr.org and FLR Mornings on both Facebook and Instagram. And if you support Family Life Radio, thank you.